48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, backs the returning officer over the banning of Laos Lai. The transport secretary says there is no room for amendment of the government's plan on tunnel tolls. And in Malaysia, reformist Anwar Ibrahim stands in a by-election, a first step in a process that could eventually result in him becoming prime minister. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says the Labour Party's Lao Siu Lai failed to convince the returning officer that she had changed what she called her stance on Hong Kong independence. And that's the reason she was barred from standing in next month's Kowloon West LegCo by-election. Ms Lau was disqualified from LegCo last year for failing to take her oath of office correctly. Francis Sitt reports. The returning officer said that Ms Lau didn't accept Beijing's authority over Hong Kong and had refused to rule out independence as an option for the SAR, even though Ms Lau has denied being in favour of Hong Kong independence. Mrs Lam said the key was whether the returning officer believed her, adding that the decision was based on laws and facts. She also said that there is no room for tolerance for Hong Kong independence or self-determination as they challenged national integrity. Yesterday, the pro-democracy camp issued a joint statement accusing the government of depriving Hong Kong people of the right to stand for election. The camp's convener is legislator Claudia Mo. It's so obvious that the Hong Kong government is trying to turn Hong Kong into just another Chinese city, a third-rate one, by the way. They're so clearly using political means uh, in the name of administrative measures to try to crack down on Hong Kong's opposition. This is very shameful. The Transport Secretary, Frank Chan, says the government is not forcing LegCo to accept its proposal to adjust the tolls at the three cross-harbour tunnels, but that the deal was hard won and there is no room for amendments. It has said it will scrap the idea announced in this week's policy address if lawmakers oppose it. The government wants to lower the toll at the privately run Western Harbour crossing and raise them at the other two which are in public hands. Mr Chan says it's the best way of easing congestion caused by vehicles preferring the cheapest tunnel at Hong Hong. The minister said that the government will also see whether minibuses can have their tolls waived. This follows a plan to waive tolls for franchised buses to keep fares down. As to whether the other public transport operator should entitle to the toll concession, uh, this would be considered together with the congestion charges that is going to be uh, studied by the government in the months to come. The Lion Rock Park in Wong Tai Sin has reopened after being closed for almost two months to contain a dengue fever outbreak. Mosquito repellent was placed at the park's entrance for public use. The park had been identified as a likely local source for infections. Authorities decided to reopen the park after the Centre for Health Protection said the outbreak was over. A total of 29 people fell ill from local-born dengue fever this summer. The former Malaysian Deputy Prime Minister and Opposition Leader Anwar Ibrahim is facing the first test of his return to political life. Mr Anwar, who was pardoned earlier this year after being jailed for alleged sodomy in 2015, is contesting a parliamentary by-election today. The BBC's Roger Walker reports. Anwar Ibrahim is expected to win the by-election in Port Dixon, but analysts say he needs to win convincingly to maintain his momentum and fulfil his ambition of becoming Malaysia's Prime Minister. 
In May, Mr Anwar joined forces with his former bitter political rival, Mahathir Mohamed, to win a shock general election victory over the Barisan National Coalition, which had governed Malaysia for more than 60 years. The two made a pact, with the 93-year-old Dr Mahathir promising to hand over the premiership to Mr Anwar in two years. The United Nations Secretary-General has told the BBC that the truth must be established about the disappearance of a dissident Saudi journalist at his country's consulate in the Turkish city of Istanbul. Antonio Guterres said incidents of this kind were becoming more common and the international community would not tolerate them. I'm feeling worried with this apparent new normal because these kind of incidents are multiplying and uh, it's absolutely essential uh, to make sure that the international community says clearly that this is not something that can happen. Turkish sources say they have documentary evidence that a Saudi security team murdered Jamal Khashoggi. The Saudi interior minister said allegations that his country was responsible were lies. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has called on Ankara to quickly free other Americans in prison in Turkey after the release on Friday of the evangelical pastor Andrew Brunson. Mr Brunson is expected in Washington later on Saturday, where he'll be met by President Trump. His friend William Devlin was in court. The court came back. They read the sentence, you're guilty, but you can go. It wasn't until we were exited from the prison courtroom out in the parking lot of the prison. We were asking our translators, what happened? Is he going to jail? Is he? And they said, no, he's free to go. So we're rejoicing. We shouted hallelujah. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past one. Palestinian health officials say seven Palestinians have been killed by Israeli troops in the latest protests on the border between Gaza and Israel. The BBC's Yolanda Nell reports from Jerusalem. The Israeli military says Palestinians have been burning tyres and throwing stones and explosive devices at its troops. It says soldiers shot at a group which broke through the border fence using a bomb and approached an army post. The protesters are demanding an end to the blockade of Gaza by Israel and Egypt and the right to return to Palestinians' ancestral land, which now lies inside Israel. Israel accuses Hamas, the militant group which runs Gaza, of orchestrating the demonstrations as a cover to launch attacks. The Venezuelan government says it has released a political prisoner who had been held for four years, mostly in the country's intelligence services building in Caracas. Here's the BBC's Candice Piet. A Venezuelan government TV channel carried an official statement saying that Lorenz Sale, who was a student leader, had been freed and was being flown to Spain at his and his family's request. It said he was being accompanied by Venezuelan officials and was being released because of concerns he might take his own life. Lorenz Sale's mother has not confirmed that her son has been freed. The announcement follows condemnation from the US and the UN of Venezuela after a jailed opposition lawmaker died in in unclear circumstances on Sunday in the intelligence agency building. Sport now, and with a preview of this weekend's football action, here's the BBC's Maz Faruqi. It's an international break this weekend in the English Premier League and in the other big leagues across the world of football, as the national squads meet up for only the second time since the FIFA World Cup in Russia. 
Across Africa, there are plenty of matches in the latest round of qualifying for the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. And with the tournament expanded next year to include 24 teams for the first time, there is plenty to play for. Nigeria hosts Libya on Saturday, knowing a win is important to get them into contention for one of the automatic qualification spots. Whilst Tunisia will hope to strengthen their position at the top of Group J against Niger after Egypt's match against Swaziland on Friday. Cameroon have already qualified from Group B as tournament hosts. Morocco will aim for a win to join them when they play Comoros, while Senegal will look to put a disappointing World Cup campaign behind them in their game against Sudan. Away from Africa, there are plenty of matches in the inaugural UEFA Nations League. 55 European teams are taking part, and for smaller nations, certainly, the competition could provide a route to the European Championship next year. The Netherlands faced Germany, one of the highlights of Saturday's fixture list. The Netherlands, of course, didn't make it to Russia a few months ago. Germany, though, with a World Cup to forget after being eliminated at the group stage. From BBC Global Sport, this is Maz Faruqi. England's attempt to exact World Cup revenge on Croatia fell short in a nil-nil Nations League draw in front of an empty stadium in Rijeka on Friday as the visitors were left to rue Marcus Rashford's profligacy in front of goal. Rashford twice fired too close to Dominic Livakovic with just the Croatia goalkeeper to beat, while Eric Dyer and Harry Kane also hit the woodwork for the three Lions as Croatia toiled. Financial prosecutors in France are investigating whether the recent Champions League football match between Paris Saint-Germain and Red Star Belgrade was fixed. It follows a report alleging that an official with the Serbian club and accomplices placed bets worth nearly six million US dollars on Red Star losing by a five-goal margin. The match earlier this month ended in a 6-1 to PSG. PSG has said it's extremely concerned by the investigation. And the headlines again. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, backs the returning officer over the banning of Lao Siu Lai. The transport secretary says there is no room for amendment of the government's plan on tunnel tolls. And in Malaysia, reformist Anwar Ibrahim stands in a by-election, a first step in the process that could eventually result in him becoming prime minister. The news from RTHK. 24 hours a day, this is RTHK. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, in the chair till 3pm. This week we have two musical themes of note. First, our featured debut album from Paris-based Gnawa funk band Abdul and the Gang. Then a selection of hot new tracks from a surprising number of places on the planet. As always, Giovanni says it so well in Italian. We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with our first track from our featured album from the Gnawa funk band, fronted by Moroccan Abu Ben Salem, a.k.a. Abdul. And uh, he's from Morocco, specifically from the Ksarsouk Der Rashidia in Morocco. And uh, he's been learning the Gnawa percussions uh, with the Moroccan Merzouga tribe, as well as Algerian and Mauritanian variations uh, with the previous band, Babelwed Sound. Uh, now based in the Paris region, he's surrounded himself with eight other musicians, uh, be they Breton Bedouins, uh, w- Soundwaves, Soundwaves Pirates, 
uh, or Sound Brigands, and uh, they come up with their brand new, or what they call the Funk Gnawa Afro Rhythm and Afro Beat Sounds. The debut album is called Shibani, which means the elders, and it's very much a mixture, or it's based on traditional rhythms and teachings from the elders, as well as their fusions. The first track is called La Besse, meaning everything is 